Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, welcome back to Ausbiz. We're kicking off uh, this uh, Tuesday afternoon as we usually do with a call. One hour, 10 stocks that you've suggested. We analyse two experts giving their opinion and we do that between now and 1pm Eastern each and every day. It's great to have your company. Um, a lot ahead on Ausbiz throughout the afternoon, but uh, we always kick it off with the call and absolutely delighted to have, uh, as our experts today, Gary Glover from Novus Capital. Gary, good to see you. Thanks, David. And Howard Coleman from Team Invest. Howard, how's your week been going so far? Yeah, it's been good. Uh, our new book's been launched, so that's been quite exciting. And that's oh, tell us about well. your new book. Yeah, that's why I couldn't be on two weeks ago. We were getting the book finalised yep. and ready. It was that day. It's called Finding Wealth Winners, the Team Invest Way, if I can get yep. it up there. And uh, it's available on the Educated Investor book site. So educatedinvestor.com.au. And uh, right. it pretty much covers the sort of thing I talk about on the show all the time, how you find wealth winners. Yeah, uh, because you and Mark uh, from Team Investors as well when you're on the call you always talk about team invest filters that you you put stocks yes. through so the books about those filters is it and how you analyze stocks yeah it's it, it's partly about the filters but also partly about how you analyze the businesses themselves right. as well as about the filters so i've written it together with dr john price who developed the software so he's written it from the software point of view right. and i've written the book from the point of view of the oh. business background yeah. um so how you look at a business and he's looked at it, uh, written the book from a point of view of how you look at the metrics the numbers and the financials oh that's great um yeah i'll have to give myself a go where do you get it from again what's the the website it's educatedinvestor.com.au is the oh. website that's a that's a, a, a bookstore that uh, sells mainly investment books, uh, oh, business okay. and investment books. Oh, I um, didn't know about it. We've just supplied it through them. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. All right, um, before we get into the 10 stocks that uh, you've sent through for us to have a look, I always choose a stock of the day. Something a bit different today. I've never seen this business before. iCandy Interactive. It's a business involved in developing, publishing, mobile games and digital entertainment. It runs a portfolio of mobile games that are being played by over 350 million mobile gamers worldwide, has won multiple awards in various coveted industry events. It's raising an additional $1.2 million in fresh capital via a placement with shares priced at four and a half cents. That's 125% increase to the company's last offer to investors, uh, a one and a quarter million dollar oversubscribed placement where shares were worth only two cents each. Now the extra funds raised will be spent on accelerating the rollout of iCandy's new games and in increasing its uh, overall market exposure. iCandy Interactive, an Australian business listed here. Uh, Gary, I was fascinated by this. I'd actually never come across it before. Yeah, I'm the same actually. It's sort of, uh, so I know there's a few gaming stocks obviously as yeah. in, uh, not gambling, but as in, uh, as in yeah. games for, for the yeah, younger... For kids, the younger, you know, yeah. Fortnite, Tour yeah. of Duty, all that sort of thing. Yeah. But, but the thing I saw, the share price had jumped quite a lot. Yeah. So when I had a look there, the um, I think it was basically the strategic placement was uh, to an individual there with a, a background in venue labs and also he'd sold his business to Groupon for, um, oh. for a substantial amount. So it looks like they've got a key strategic sort of uh, person involved in the business who's got a right. history of turning these types of businesses um, you know, in, into larger mm, ones. So, yep. so I think the market's probably excited by, by him being involved yep. rather than the fact they raised money here. Right. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I think I saw 1.2 million what raised at four and a half cents or something there. So yep. um, yeah, so that's, 
interesting there. Sometimes it's as we talked about some of these. If you get these key people involved there, they can yeah. sort of fuel the, the share price. Because Be Bevan Slattery uh, is Next DC's yep. big founder, is the data centre founder. When he went into um, was it Pointera and I think yeah, the other one come tele HR. Yeah, HR. yeah, yeah. The, the other one is uh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, and T as well. Test run once they got. Uh, there was another strategic sort of holder come on there. Right. The, the, the name eludes me now, but again, he was an individual right. that's taken these businesses. So okay. if you've got a reputation of turning businesses around and having success, mm. yeah. market sort of tends to buy in there. Can, right. can buy in there. They get a bit of momentum there, but uh, yeah, not not always. You know, you'll, you'll you normally get a bit of a shot up in the arm, and then then you'll get a bit of a pause as um, as the the road starts to get sort right. of, uh, you know, sort of displayed to the market how it's all going to happen there. But yeah, yeah markets... And this, then they've got to deliver. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> but the market, in this market here, the market's getting really excited really quickly. Right. So the valves are jumping up very fast yeah. on, on any sort of good news. So, uh, right. yeah, so just be mindful of that, I guess. Right. Yeah. So would you be buying into uh, iCandy or waiting for a while? Yeah, I'd be waiting for a while, yeah. Right. I'd okay. like to see a few more get a few more runs on the board to sort of see, uh, yeah, I guess learn a bit more about it. I don't know too much about it really, right. so, yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. Howard, what do you think of iCandy? Well, I, it sounds very exciting, you know, 350 million people playing their games. I got quite enthusiastic when I heard that. Um, but then I had a look at the actual financials and every year it's lost approximately the same amount of money as the revenue it generates. So in other words, it, it generated, uh, 1.7 million dollars in sales in 2017 and lost 1.6 million dollars uh, negative profits right. in 2018 it generated 2.8 million in sales and lost 2.3 million in uh, 2019 it generated 2.2 million in sales and lost 2.1 million so right. this looks to me like a great story with a flawed business model in that they would probably have to more than double the prices that they sell the games for in order to break even. Now, um, that doesn't sound a very viable business model. When you're selling something, if you have to double the price to break even, um, that would assume that you didn't lose any customers. And you'll probably lose some customers when you double the price. So you've got to more than double the price to break even. So it looks like a lovely story, but not a viable business. So uh, definitely a no from me. Right. Okay. And um, they'll have pretty chunky earnings too. That I mean, it'll be based on each game, how the success of that game. Right, so yeah, yeah. it's not really going to be a business where the earnings are going to be, um, you know, gradually sort of. You know, it'll be based on the success of those games. So it's obviously about having a key person come in, help fuel that market, get yeah. some good games in there. So um, yeah. And there's Van Eck have just um, launched a um, uh, a gaming. ETF, I think, um, as well, uh, just in the last two weeks or so, yeah. which um, invests in esports gaming yeah, uh, I, around the world. I was actually looking at a, um, a whole list of the entire list of ETFs in Australia at the moment. Yeah, and and, uh, and I was shocked as to how many. Yeah, and, and the breakups and yeah. the sectors and there's, yeah, yeah. there's there is so much activity there at the moment. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. There are more funds, fund managed funds in Australia than there are 2,200 shares on the stock exchange. And it looks like ETFs are going the same way. Eventually, you'll have more T ETFs than there are companies, more funds than there are companies, which is quite absurd that you have all those people managing the money to invest in only a maximum of around 2,200 companies, of which two-thirds never make a profit anyway, so they're not even really investable. Yeah. Um, but it is quite funny that we've got a market where we have more funds uh, than we have companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The problem that happens though, you've seen with the LICs, yeah. the LIC market, most of those stocks are trading at a substantial discount to their NTA, so yeah. which shouldn't be if you yeah. should pay a dollar for a dollar worth of assets. Yeah, the yeah. ETFs are cutting their lunch on, yeah. on management fees and things yeah. like that, aren't they? Yeah. Seeing a big change. All right, let's get into the uh, 10 stocks that you've suggested and Howard. Raphael wants a view on Evolution Mining, um, one of our um, sort of mid-tier gold producers um, with sort of five or six mines throughout Queensland and WA. Uh, what do you yeah. think of Evolution Mining? 
Well, this is one of only a very small number that's actually a real business. Um, most mining companies are not real businesses in that they take money from investors to drill holes and never give any, money's back to in, any money back to investors, but the management generally get paid very well. So it's a way of transferring money from uh, investors into the manager's pockets and the hole drillers. But this is a real business. It, uh, it's had return on equity. Being a mining company, you're not going to have consistent return on equity. But the return on equity has been around 9-10%, so almost good enough to pass our filters. Some years it passes, some years it doesn't. Earnings per share, mainly helped by a, a very high gold price at the moment, have been, has been rising. Um, it's got very little debt, and um, it actually does pay dividends. Uh, for the last eight years, it's paid dividends. Very few mining, uh, smaller mining companies actually pay money back to their shareholders. They just get money from shareholders and never give it back. Um, but this one does. So if you are looking for a gold mining stock, this is one of no more than maybe four or five maximum that are actually investable and um, well run. Now, the one slight problem, I believe, from what one of our members at Team Invest actually said at our Team Invest meeting yesterday, is they are apparently involved in a bit of a legal battle at the moment with Rand Mining, where um, they've refused to mine some of the uh, ore for Rand Mining that they have a contract to mine, and Rand Mining suing them. So I don't know enough about that case to express an opinion on it, but if anybody is looking at this company, certainly read up first on what the story of this uh, legal right. case is, yeah. uh, because that could be a bit of a fly in the ointment. Right, okay. So does it pass your filters? Is it uh, It a currently does. But some years it does, some years it doesn't. So it's a marginal one. And yesterday when we were covering a whole bunch of stocks that passed the filters, the members didn't vote it as a uh, right. company they were interested in looking at in more detail. And that was partly because of this potential lawsuit, but also in that it passes some years, doesn't pass others. So right. as members say, uh, with only 20 to 30 companies that you would want in your portfolio, we can find better ones. Right. But okay. a pretty good company. Yeah. Um, Gary, what do you think of Evolution? I see uh, Credit Suisse has uh, an outperform rate here on it with a price target of 655. Um, and it's sort of in the 580s at the moment. But Credit Suisse is expecting uh, the gold price to go to $2,500 an ounce next year. Yeah. So, so I think they're, they're originally they're bullish on gold. Yeah. So they were sitting around 540. Because I looked at all the bells there. Yeah. And most of those were only up around 560. So most, right. of them, most of them were basically sitting under the current share price. Okay. So that's across, right. you know. So, so Credit Suisse is an outlier. So obviously they're, like. yeah, they've obviously yeah. moved that up there so since. So, um, but yeah, look, it's, I was, I was actually sort of put something in my, in my report this week about gold stocks because the thing about, I've sort of noticed with equities, people sort of think, oh, once the market sort of starts to go through recessionary period or go through a correction, that's when gold, sort of heightens up. And we've yeah. seen the NASDAQ get sold off here, so everyone's sort of saying there's a bit of turmoil. Um, so there's attraction to sort of, you know, to put more money in gold stocks there. Yeah. But I've noticed that once equities do start to turn down and go down, um, at some point the, the gold equities follow the market right. and may, yep. may not necessarily follow gold. So gold can hang up here, can even say, say firm, but the stocks will get drawn down with the rest of the equities mm, market okay. as well. Right. So just don't, don't have this sort of false hope that um, if the market starts correcting here, like, like it's showing signs of at the moment, yep. um, that the gold stocks won't follow because they, they generally will. So right. okay. yeah, it's probably got a higher correlation with the market than actually hmm. against than with the, the gold price. Yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, so what about evolution? Uh, I, I just think the gold sort of flavor of the month, it's just sort of, it's run pretty high. All the valves are pretty Apart from yep. that one outlier there, I just think it's, it's a bit of risk here, so, right. yeah, okay. so not for me. So um, and how often does the newsletter come out? When do you do it? Uh, so I do it every Monday. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, oh. so, uh, so I look at uh, broader markets and uh, look at individual stocks. And, right, yeah, right. So. so go to your website if you want to subscribe to uh, I They're actually, it, it is on there, it comes out every sort of uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, there's a right. video. Oh. Oh, like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, go to Novus Capital if you want more information on that. Um, Gary, Tom wants a view on Fisher & Paykel uh, Healthcare. 
Um, they did in the business of designing development, manufacture and of a whole bunch of systems in the respiratory care, acute care surgery and uh, sleep apnea area. So it's not the fridges. Uh, <laughs> this is the healthcare business. Yeah, so it's in that respiratory sort of devices. Yep. So, I mean... Um, Which has been doing really well with COVID, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> so in, in June, actually, the, the last sort of uh, report, basically the, the four-year revenue was like up eight, 18%. So that yeah. was uh, so strong revenue growth there. Like the profit was up like 37%. So that was before sort of COVID's really kicked in as well. Yep. Um, since then, there's been even more positive updates saying that uh, you know, the re revenue and profit line is going to be even even better. Right. So, so this is a great company, um, had some strong growth the last few years and probably in even a sweet spot at the moment. So it's hard to sort of be too negative about it here. It's all about, it's all about price here. So um, I was looking at sort of technically there, I think you know, if it got back to sort of $26, that would be a standout buy for me. Right. Um, it may not come that low, might, might only come back to say maybe 27 or something, but, right. but definitely a great company here, great long-term outlook. Short-term outlook is really rosy as well. So um, the, the only negative is, will that sweet spot, is it just a one, is it a yeah. short-term or not? Last. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it is because it's sort of, it's had, it's had years of pretty you know, strong growth here. So consecutive, yeah. just maybe in a brighter spot currently. So maybe it might be a little bit of profit taking off the top here with that, you know, right. with the updates, but business. So a, a pullback to 26 or 27, you'd start to get into I think so, yeah. I think it's a great mm. great company, actually. So great, okay. great segment So um, and great return on equity here so far. So, right. yeah. Uh, Howard, what do you think of uh, Fisher & Pagel Healthcare? Yeah, this is a company that's been passing out Team Invest filters for many, many years. Absolutely brilliantly run company. Earnings per share growth has been somewhere around about 15-odd uh, percent, sometimes a couple of percent less, sometimes a couple of percent more, year after year after year after year. And, of course, with the earnings per share growing at an average of 15-odd percent per year, the share price has grown at uh, around 15 or more percent per year because the earnings are growing. Um, yeah. So incredibly well-run business. Had, uh, obviously, a big upkick because of COVID, because um, all the consumable products that are used in hospitals, more of them are required at the moment. So uh, they've had a lot more business there. A little bit, uh, the sleep apnea products haven't done quite as well because a lot of health professionals haven't been working full time. Um, but overall, companies doing incredibly well. High return on equity in the 20s, been in the 20s uh, as long as I can remember, so more than 10 years. Um, never had much in the way of debt, again, as long as I can remember, and my figures here show 10 years, uh, but it's more than that. Um, so, yeah, one of the true wealth winners and uh, people who bought it among our membership years ago when it first passed our filters are all smiling from ear to ear. As Gary says, probably a little bit expensive at the moment. It's on a P ratio of 59. Now, it tends to trade uh, in a year and a P between round about 30 and about... 60 odd so if you can pick it up when it's PEs in the 30s or even in the low 40s you're doing really well and there's usually some points in the year when it's in that range at the moment it's all good news and it's PEs quite high so I own it I love it I'm happy to own more of it but I would want the price to come down a bit again before I would add to it and I, I have done so I've added whenever it's uh, uh, for some reason had a bit of bad news and the okay. share price has come down and the P's come down. Okay, so uh, by by those, sort of you're looking at the, the low $20 mark if it gets back down there. Yeah, certainly in the low 20s, I'd be getting very excited, possibly even, you know, 23-ish, I'd start getting excited. At the 21s, I'd be very excited and buying lots. Uh, and I've added to it, I've never sold any, but I've added to it several times over the years. And it's been a fabulous performer for me and for many, many Team Invest okay. members for probably a decade. Okay. I think well, the 200-day moving averages are just around, just above $27. So a lot of Instos oh. will probably, that's sort of a, that, you know, if they see sort of good quality stocks come back to that level, that's that's where they might start to have a bit of a nibble a lot right. of times. So right. that's sort of just above $27 there. So Okay, so on charts, that 200-day moving average, yeah. 
for they, those institutional fund managers, they look at that closely, do they? Gary? Yeah, a lot of them do. Yeah, so uh, particularly if they see good quality companies come back and they've okay. got cash to spend, that sort mm -hmm. of uh, yeah. So and also, I mean, how was right? It might come back a bit deeper, but it may not come back there all in one move. Right. So it might come back to twenty seven, maybe bounce up to you know thirty two, thirty three, right. then maybe come back down to mid twenties. Okay. You know, maybe next well, year or something. You know, so uh, yeah. David, in the last twelve months, it got as low as fifteen dollars fifty eight. So I know right. quite a few of our members were buying it in the high teens, you know, around about sixteen, seventeen. It did get as low as fifteen fifty eight in the last twelve months. So you do get right. opportunities if you're patient. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you 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 get in, in gradually and see how it goes. Um, how would Graham want a view on Embleton, um, a listed stock that? Again, I wasn't too familiar with, but uh, they're a manufacturer and distributor of flooring products, um, sort of, and sort of that high-end industrial uh, flooring as well. Three main divisions in technical flooring and manufacturing. Um, it sounds uh, a nice little manufacturing business. Is it a good investment? Yeah, it, it, it's it's not all that bad. I mean, it's got return on equity that most years has been more than ten percent, so which is our minimum hurdle. So eight out of yep. ten years, it's done that. Um, so you know that, that there are probably only a hundred companies on the stock exchange that have got ten percent return on equity consistently. So it's not bad, um, but its growth rate's been very slow. It's it's only been growing its earnings at a couple of percent a year although in the last year it had a big jump up. But that was largely because 2019 it's had a big drop from 2018. So it's earning less still than it earned in 2017 and 2018 um, per share. So that's not that encouraging. Hasn't got much debt. So everything about it looks good on the surface other than it's not growing. So I think you'd have to look at this as mainly an investment for a dividend rather than an investment uh, to get any capital gain. So um, our, our members, if they looked at this, would say, no, nah, you, you can find better, but right. not a bad business when you consider that two-thirds of the companies on the stock exchange never make a profit. Uh, this yeah. one is quite nicely profitable, but it's not showing any growth, so you're not going to get share price growth okay. uh, in the long term. Okay. Gary? Yeah, it's a tough one here. It's like 25 mil market cap, so right. <clears throat> pretty pretty tiny. So the P is around 11 and a half, something like the yields oh, just under... You know, three and a half percent. So it's not right. bad, but yeah. um, the, the big issue here is, uh, you know, I looked at it yesterday, and there's not a single seller in the screen. Oh, really? So right. no liquidity. So they didn't trade at all. Yeah. So if you wanted to buy some, there was actually no stock to buy. Hmm. Um, so <laughs> that makes it a bit hard. If you want to, you know, be right. in stuff that, you know, if you want to, you know, I'd like to be able to liquidate my shares whenever I feel like it. Right. So, so too thinly traded. Yeah, it's small. very, very thin there. But yeah, yeah. interesting. You know, I, I actually. Um, did a bit of work in this area in my uni days, going back oh. years ago. So it's not a bad business actually, but um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, it's just too well, small, too liquid. Right. What do they yeah. call it? A lobster pot. Once you get in, hard to get out because there's no <laughs> uh, there's no, no one on the other yeah. side. It's so thinly traded. Yeah, but yeah. In this right. way, yeah. Yeah. You, you can't get in because yeah. there's no sellers. All yeah. right. Uh, there you go, Graham. A, a good view there from uh, from Gary and Howard. Um, Gary, Melissa wants a view on News Corporation, the uh, the giant media group that's into, you know, owns Foxtel and all the newspapers, the news limited papers, and around the world as, as yeah, well. yeah, it's a hard one too. It's not again, it's not uh, that liquid here in Aussie because it's a CDI, yeah. um, and you've got the uh, the Class A, Class B, yeah. uh, so the Class B is the main share News Corp, and then News LV is the Class A, sort of non-voting yeah. ones there. So. Um, but I see it had a bit of a jump the other day just because of it's uh, closed down its um, Bronx printing business. Right. So I think it laid off about 500 people there. Obviously printing. In New York. Yep. Yeah, printing games sort of. Um, but I look, I looked at the broker valves. They're all pretty tight actually, sort of $24, $25 there. Um, so slightly higher here. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's, it's a very diversified business now. It's got you yep. know, the real estate, sort of media, um, Dale Jones. Yep. So it, yeah, owns, it owns real estate.com. Yeah. But I, yeah. It's, uh, it's, REA Group, yeah. which is uh, one of its most valuable assets. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not a bad proxy if you if you want to sort of be long U.S. equities. It's actually it tends to yeah. sort of follow the U.S. market pretty closely. So, right. um, 
but now we've got all these ETFs that, that are probably better aligned yeah. with that, so you can trade those. So, yeah, it's a tough one here. It's not not for me, but um, okay. Yeah, but I, yeah, it's yeah. I guess it's one of those things. If it's out of favour, I I might look at it, but it's not out of favour currently. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Howard, what do you think of uh, News Corp, the uh, the Murdoch family's global media empire? Oh, no, I wouldn't touch it. Uh, you know, its return on equity has been either negative or incredibly low year after year after year, despite getting lovely returns out of its holding in REA or realestate.com. Um, you know, if you really want to uh, be in that area, rather buy realestate.com, which is a growing business, uh, doing well. And uh, News Corp, the rest of it, is uh, a struggling business with very low returns and uh, uh, gradually having its lunch by uh, other streaming media and, uh, uh, you know, digital advertising and so on. Uh, up until about 2013, it was doing reasonably well, but it, it really didn't change fast enough for the times. They were about uh, five to ten years too late in recognizing the importance of digital. So instead of owning digital, which they should have done, they landed up having to buy stakes in companies like REA. So wouldn't touch it. Our members wouldn't touch it. Um, but REA passes our filters. So uh, if you wanted a, a, a something in that space, REA is hmm. a better than News Corporation. Okay. All right. That's an interesting play. That one. Um, go for its its bigger, its most valuable asset rather than the the mothership. Um, <laughs> Uh, John um, Howard wants a view on Zimplatz Holdings. Now, this is a, a company registered in Guernsey and it's in the platinum business, isn't it? My, yes. A platinum miner, um, basically in South Africa? Uh, and Zimbabwe. Or in Africa? Uh, Zimbabwe. Uh, hence Zimbabwe. the name Zimplatz. And um, the two biggest platinum mining uh, areas in the world are Zimbabwe and South Africa, with Russia being the third one. So... Um, you know, when platinum prices absolutely rocket, uh, these companies tend to do well. But um, platinum as a catalyst hasn't uh, been as important in recent times as it used to be. Very thinly traded stock. And um, you've got all the disadvantages of uh, among its main assets. Some of them are in Zimbabwe, others are in South Africa, which probably is not the greatest uh, place from a risk point of view today either. But Zimbabwe's worse. So this is a company that was around um, when I was living in South Africa more than 30 years ago. But uh, like most miners, really has high return on equity. It's a return on equity has been pretty low except for the last year or two. Um, it, it's done, uh, its earnings have jumped as the platinum price rose along with gold price and other precious metal. But uh, not a, the sort of thing that I would look at as a long-term investment and um, too dependent on risk in, in foreign countries. Uh, uh, you know, it's the holding companies in Guernsey, the mines in Zimbabwe and South Africa. Uh, we live in Australia. Yep. This is this this all gets far too hard. Yep, bit too complicated. Uh, Gary? Too what is, yeah, what is it? I'm, yeah, I agree with Howard. I think the, yeah, being sort of Zimbabwe there, a bit of risk there. Uh, it does have a market cap of a billion dollars. So okay. Pretty, pretty decent pretty big, size. Yeah. So I was probably more surprised by that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just sort of um, yeah. You often see this one actually on the um, on the big up and big down list because it's because right. it's so liquid. Yeah, it can they can you know it tends to sort of trade percentage up and down on the daily basis quite large. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, just, it's got one shareholder that owns eighty seven percent of it too. I think so. Uh, that's why it's yeah. It, I think it's uh, a Impala Platinum Holdings. So or? yeah, it's just yeah. it's just hard to sort of trade as well. So yeah, not. Too risky for me and also too liquid for me. So, sure. um, yeah, no, okay. no. All right, I know. Yeah. All right, uh, let's recap the uh, the first five stocks that we've been through, including our stock of the day. iCandy, a, uh, uh, an interesting business, but a no from both Howard and Gary. Evolution Mining, one about mid-tier, mid-tier gold um, mining companies. Good company, but share price a bit too high when you look at the valuations at the moment. Uh, Fisher and Paykel Health, Paykel Health. Um, great business, uh, been um, um, in Howard's terms, a terrific wealth winner for investors over the years. Share price, a bit too high at the moment. If you can get it anywhere around that $23 mark, $25 mark, then uh, both Howard and Gary would be uh, interested in having a look at it. 
Embleton, uh, no. Um, good manufacturing business, but really not much growth there. Uh, News Corporation, a no. Um, if you want to be in that um, media area, but more digital, look for REA instead, uh, which owns realestate.com.au. It's probably a better option uh, in the Howard's point of view than News Corp and Zim Platts a no as well. Now, uh, here on the call, we have our own portfolio. We've been tracking since the 1st of July. Um, if both our panel on any day give uh, a yes to a particular stock that goes into the portfolio, Let's see how we've been uh, going over the uh, since the 1st of July in the last week. It's up about a quarter of a percent for the month, down half a percent. And since the 1st of July, up nine and a quarter percent. Now, if you take a look at some of the stocks recently added by our expert panels, uh, BHP, Iris, Thorny Technologies, Eagles Automotive and Ava Risk Group. But if any stock in the portfolio comes up again subsequently and uh, that U panel doesn't give it a unanimous tick, well, then it goes out. And uh, zero on that basis was uh, booted out in the last week or two because it didn't get that unanimous tick from um, the, uh, the panel at that stage. If you want to look at the entire portfolio of the call here, go to Ausbiz co forward slash portfolio and we update it every day um, ahead of us uh, this afternoon on Ausbiz vault chief executive uh, Steve Weston on the neo banks pivot to uh, banking in a box uh, Steve Weston from vault the chief executive is on at 1 p.m. Eastern here on Ausbiz all right uh, let's get into uh, the second half of the stocks you suggested and uh, Howard Sandra wants a view on New Farm, basically a, an agricultural business, but um, uh, is a business that provides seeds, doesn't it, to farmers yeah. and, um, and also uh, the ability to protect your crops, not only here in Australia, but in New Zealand, Asia, throughout America, around 100 companies, uh, 100 countries rather. Yeah, I mean, uh, on the surface, it always looks like a terrific business. And I did used to own it many, many, many years ago. Um, but I got very fed up with it because um, the chief executive and chairman's reports every half year were a litany of excuses. They never seemed to take any responsibility for poor performance, but patted themselves on the back every time there was good performance. So if they had a good half year, it would be their wonderful management team and their brilliant board and their outstanding CEO. And every time they did badly, it was market conditions, a drought, a flood, uh, uh, something or other that wasn't their fault. So yeah. nothing was ever their fault. And they seemed to me to be a serial underperformer full of excuses. I haven't read a chairman or CEO's report for several years, but looking at the numbers, it looks like they've continued to be underperformers. Their return on equities only twice been over 10% in the last 10 years, which means it's not going to do very well. Their earnings per share last year was less than it was 10 years earlier. Um, so earnings per share, in fact, have been uh, either going backwards or growing at no faster than inflation. Um, and uh, its debt levels are reasonably okay, just would scrape into our filters. So a definite no for me. Um, mm. And uh, just having a look at the P at the moment, um, yeah, it's on a not too ridiculous PE, but uh, the as I say, it's been a serial underperformer for years, and I got very fed up. You know, when management <laughs> get paid really well, boards and management get paid well, you want them to take responsibility. Otherwise, yep. why do they take the paycheck? Yep, and and some transparency. Uh, Gary, what do you think of New Farm? Yeah, <clears throat> so I see most of the broker vowels are sort of in that 420 to sort of... Uh, 490 sort of marks, so not, not that much higher than here. There's a couple of outliers, but not, not too much there. There was a, um, a write down of the UK business there in um, early September, um, but I do, I do see that Morgan's have upgraded them here just on the um, on the positive sort of um, Australian you know, right. um, weather outlook, just saying there'll be a good sort of crop season here. But yeah, I think Howard's right there. It's a bit of an underperformer here. Uh, return on equity hasn't been so, so great here. It's been been a bit of a marginal flat type of business there right um so you know 
to me, it's kind of a, kind of one of those sort of stocks that's a bit range bound here. So maybe you trade the ranges there. I think the price action I noticed there around that sort of 380, 390 might be the sort of bottom of the range. And you maybe, you know, maybe up around the high fours, early fives is probably the top of the range here, but not going to go too far, I think. Right, okay. Stuck here. All right, so a no on, uh, on New Farm. Um, next one, James wants a view on Washington H. Sol Pattinson. Now, if you're an old fella like me, you immediately think, oh, the chemist shops. Well, not really. Um, it's more now an investment company, Gary, isn't it, with a holding in Brickworks, and Brickworks has a holding in them, and um, it's almost like a, a listed investment company, isn't yeah, it? Yes, so I think uh, so. TPG... Uh, New Hope and Brickworks account for around about 60 or 70% of its uh, overall right. portfolio. So it's not a sort of diversified, it tends to have some pretty chunky sort of holdings there. Right. It's a little odd to me actually at the moment because TPG sort of has dropped back from sort of eight back to seven here. Um, New Hope coal stocks are on the nose, yep. um, yet uh, Sol Pats has gone from 17 to 22 here. Yeah. So it's actually been going the opposite direction from a lot of its uh, holdings there. So I think it's probably a sell here close to $23 there, just on that reason right. there. But it has been a pretty well-managed uh, company in the past. Obviously a great, um, been, been a pretty solid performer. Just just not sure about its investments at the moment. But um, yeah, I, I like TPG. Just the, yeah. obviously coal, coal space has been a, a bit under the pump here. But I saw a few brokers have sort of recommended, um, upgraded some of the um, New Hope and uh, Whitehaven coal recently. So. Right. Some hope there, but I think around twenty-three dollars looks like a bit of a ceiling to me for for right. Solpats here. So I've actually just actually sold some here recently in the last okay. day or two. Yeah. All right, uh, Howard, what do you think about it? Was there, there's a strong investment family in there, is it that that has links to all of the companies involved? Yes, the, uh, Milner's uh, Robert right. Milner's either the chairman or on the board. I, f I forget which. Um, yep. Look, if you're looking for wonderfully decent stewards of your money and you don't want to have to worry too much about what stocks to buy, um, they are absolutely marvellous from that point of view. Very, very, very conservative. As Gary said, a, a small number of pretty chunky investments that they've done well out of over the years. They've paid a dividend uh, every year. Uh, for some incredible length of time, something like 25, 30 years or something, longer than any other company listed on the stock exchange, never missed a dividend. Their dividends grow a little bit every year, a little bit more than inflation all the time. So very conservative, never going to be a wealth winner in terms of making you look back on it and say, wow, that was a brilliant investment. But by the same time, um, they will always do a little bit better for you every year than the year before in terms of the dividend. So, uh, you know, great place to, to, to put some of your money if you're just looking for a reliable, good steward um, uh, looking after your cash. So, right. uh, as Gary says, maybe a little bit expensive at the moment, but you do get opportunities to buy it significantly cheaper than it currently is. Its P is currently about 23 uh, it varies usually between about uh, uh, 15 and, and, and 23 or so. So you can probably buy it cheaper. But, uh, you know, you couldn't ask for better, more sincere, genuine board and management at looking okay. after shareholders' capital. So so maybe look at it on a pullback. Would you class it as a yeah. defensive stock, one of those? Absolutely. Uh, right, OK. All right. Absolutely. Kind of buying on reputation a little bit, which is can be, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's a hard one there. I I just don't, I just don't think I'm mean, considering that it's investments in there. Yeah, the actually underlying investments haven't performed very well. Right. So I mean, okay. TPG's had a bit of a yeah. I think it got to eight dollars there, and now it's pulled back yep. to seven. That's probably been the best okay. in there. Everything else is probably underperformed. Brickworks has done okay, but yep. But yeah, the new hops obviously come back a bit and. The other investments, I think there's a couple of unlisted investments there as well. Okay. A bit of property, so, All right. um, but yeah, expensive, I think. Yeah, yep. yeah. Okay, so on a pullback, maybe have a look at. Um, Howard Natalie wants a, a view on Bell Financial Group, the big stockbroking investment and financial advisory group. They were spoke at a conference the other day and said they'd uh, conducted more than seventy 
Um, equity capital markets transactions this to the end of August, uh, raising over 1.4 billion in new equity. They got 325 financial advisors and half a million retail and um, institutional clients. What do you think of Bell? Yeah, um, yeah it sounds good, but um, you know, only three years out of the last ten. Uh, no, sorry, four years out of the last ten have they had a return on equity of more than 10%. Now, for a company like a, a brokerage-type business or fund manager-type business, those types of businesses should have high return on equity because they shouldn't need much equity to run their business. It's not like running a mine, which is capital-intensive. So that's a very disappointing return on equity for a company in the field in which it's in. It's got no debt, which is, of course, a very good thing. Earnings per share has been growing quite nicely over the last few years. So that's a good sign. But um, it, it, so it passes our filters at the moment, but it's a little hard to get really excited about other than it's on a pretty undemanding PE ratio. It's only on a PE ratio of about 12. And there's not too much you can buy on the stock exchange that makes a profit, is growing its earnings, has no debt, and is on a PE of less than 20. And this one's on a PE of 12. So I suppose on a, 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 a PE ratio basis, it looks like a good buy, but um, uh, it, it, it's hard, and it does pass our filters, but it's hard for me to get hugely excited about it based on its 10 years' worth of history. So I would say a, a sort of a weak tick from me. Um, okay. So I'd give it a tick, but I'm not jumping up and down with enthusiasm. <laughs> okay, there are stronger ones out there. Gary, what do you think of Bell? Yeah, I, mean, I think Howard's sort of like spot on there. I mean, I guess what, 400 mil market cap, PE 12, the yields appealing obviously 6.75 percent so that's probably the most uh, appealing aspect there but i think the revenue was up seven percent for the year net profit was up just under three so traveling pretty well not a bad space it's been in here I, i've sort of i believe the market always looks a little forward as well so um you know i think if we, if we are going to go through a bit of a recession here market yep. starts to cool off here yep. some of those volumes might taper back a bit um the raisings which have enjoyed in the last six months they'll probably dissipate out so right. market will look forward again and see that's been a sweet spot that's probably not likely to continue um, so it might be a little harder to get those sort of returns moving forward here so I just think it'll be hard to back up this last year yep. uh, again the next 12 months so uh, for that basis I think the share price will probably pull back a little bit but pretty solid business overall so okay. yeah all right um, our ninth stock that, um, that Chris has suggested. Thank you, Chris, for sending this one through. Cromwell Property Group. Um, it's basically a, a, a real estate investment trust. Uh, Cromwell is a is a fund manager in direct property investment. Um, is the biggest part of its uh, revenue and profit. A lot of leases with major governments and also Qantas is a tenant of some of their properties. Uh, Gary, what do you reckon of Cromwell and does it stack up against the other REITs? Uh, well, there's, there's a stack of things happening here, obviously, with, um, yeah, obviously it's got a government, I think 40% government um, yeah. tenants there. Um, there has been a bid here from uh, ARA Group as well, sort yeah. of like a more of an opportunistic sort of bid, which the company sort of knocked on their head. So, yeah. but that's kind of been lingering around um, for a while here. So, the actual PE is pretty low, around 12. I think the yield's up up over 8%, so that's pretty attractive as well. So, um, you know, it's a hard one now. I'm not corporate sort of uh, real estate. It's not sort of um, commercial real estate. It's not, not sort of a popular area here, but yep. the fact that there's a bidder there uh, already, bit, you know, interested around 90 cents there is, um, is interesting. So yeah. it has sort of dragged on a bit long here. So Yeah, because the share uh, price is below that yeah, at the moment, so, isn't it? But um, but yeah, look, looks solid here without getting without being too excited here. So yeah, I'd, not for me, but right. yeah, kind of uh, interesting reading. Okay. Yeah. Howard, what do you think of Cromwell? Yeah, I mean, as REITs go, it sort of looks better than many. But uh, most REITs have return on equity less than ten percent. It does too, so it wouldn't pass our filters. Uh, most REITs have reasonably high debt. Its debt's not all that high, but doesn't pass our filters. Uh, earnings aren't growing. In fact, they've been shrinking, earnings per share. And, of course, although they've got lots of government tenants, you'd think, although it'll be mainly the private sector that is 
working from home and deciding they can do it permanently for part of their staff or part of the time. And hence, uh, you know, office accommodation will probably be less needed. Uh, retail accommodation could be less needed because of digital. Um, a lot of the uh, tenants are government. And of course, governments mm. don't mind about spending money because it's not their own. Um, but even governments will eventually figure out that a lot of things can be done with fewer staff and fewer premises. So although it will probably take longer uh, than it would for the private sector, um, it's hard to get enthusiastic about anybody in right. uh, the sort of space. So although it's on a pretty low PE and that therefore the yield looks quite good, it could well be that the, uh, the amount of dividends they have available or payouts they have available will shrink over time. So no, I'm not enthused. Okay. All right. And our final stock has been suggested by Sharon Howard Crown Resorts, the uh, the big casino accommodation entertainment conglomerate here and overseas. Yeah, last six years return on equity has been pretty miserable. But um, from a team invest perspective, these aren't the kind of companies we ever look at. Um, we look at it from the point of view of when you're investing money in a business, you're saying, I would like to see that business succeed and it, for it to sell more of its product or its service than it's been doing up till now. And most of our Team Invest members feel fairly strongly that more gambling is probably not great for society. We don't think there's anything wrong with people gambling if they want to gamble, but um, it's probably not great for society long term. So uh, we tend to say we'd rather invest where we feel we'd like to see more of it than where we wouldn't like to see more of it. So a no from me, but its return on equity would have made it a no from me, even if it wasn't in a space right. um, okay. that I don't particularly feel enthusiastic about. Okay, Gary, Crown Resorts. Yeah, it's, it's hard. I think the the broker values are really spread here. So I think we go from what eight sixty JP Morgan up to eleven twenty for Credit Suisse. So the real spread of yeah. views here, um, and that's because like yeah, revenue is down what twenty three percent, profit off eighty percent the last update. So. Um, I just tend to think here that the recovery is going to be a bit slower than everyone thinks. So I think everyone's got a, maybe a, a V-shaped sort of view here. So I, I can see the share price coming back here. So mm, just okay. from a technical point of view, not, not looking at fundamentals there, I, I can see it's not coming back towards $8 here. Um, so just, I just think they'll, you know, it'll take a long time to recover for us to get back to, to normal sort of levels. Yep. So as Howard sort of says, it hasn't been a sparkling, yeah. you know, sort of... Um, you know. And, and with, with a lot of the, particularly the casino businesses, you're relying a lot on high rollers coming in from overseas, aren't you? That's and, correct, uh, yeah. that Asian market, where well, you can't see them uh, being able to, tra it could to take, travel much. It could take two or three so. years before yeah. the whole, you know, so this is, I mean, this, this is this is the argument some of these stocks here, might, everyone's thinking, oh, they'll, they'll be back to business, you know, once COVID disappears. Yeah, yeah. But click your fingers. On yeah, it. but it's not going to be the case here. So yeah. I mean, some businesses will be able to go back reasonably quickly, but others yeah. are going to take, you know, it could take two or three years here. So I think I think Crown's in that case there where it's probably two to three years minimum here. So okay. I think it's going to be languishing around here for a while. All right. Uh, that completes our 10 stocks that you've suggested we take a look at. Let's just recap the final five. Uh, a no for, uh, for New Farm from both Howard and Gary. Uh, Washington uh, H. Sol Patterson, no from Gary. Um, Howard likes it as if you're after a good defensive stock that management will look after your money because it's a bit like uh, an investment company, uh, then worth having a look at. <coughs> Excuse me, uh, Bell Financial, uh, a weak yes from Howard. So uh, rather than a, a strong yes, um, a no from, uh, from Gary, Cromwell Property, a no from both, as was Crown Resort. Uh, Howard Coleman from Team Invest, really appreciate your time. And you can get a copy of Howard's new book if you go to educatedinvestor.com.au, the online bookstore. Is that, is that have I got it That's right? It. That's it. Thanks, David. And uh, Gary Glover. Gary Glover from Novus Capital. Uh, check out your website for your weekly newsletter. Thank you. <coughs> Great to have Gary and Howard on the program. Now, if you want to suggest any stocks for us to have a look at, uh, send through an email to call at ausbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV uh, Twitter handle. 
a reminder if you want to have a look at all the stocks that have been in the calls portfolio that get the, the thumbs up from both our expert panelists uh, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio uh, startup daily show is coming up between two and three this afternoon here on Ausbiz, all things startup, scale up, private equity, uh, raisings, uh, venture capital. And uh, the team will be chatting by uh, with Trent Bagnall, the founder of the new accelerator, The Melt. He's going to tell us why he wants to reimagine manufacturing in Australia. That's from 2.15 p.m. Eastern here on Ausbiz. And uh, if you want to catch up every day with what's been happening, what's been moving the markets and the big business news, you need to sign up to uh, the COB. Uh, Scuddy and Nadine wrap up the day in everything economics, business and investing. Uh, subscribe at osbiz.co slash join. It's in your inbox every afternoon, Monday to Friday at 5.30 Eastern. So a lot ahead on Osbiz throughout the afternoon. Stick around for it until the call at midday tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your day. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.